Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Happy to see you. My name is Jess. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, I'm the creative director here at Hope Church. And I have some friends who have joined us um, this weekend on this stage. I'm going to start with a just brief introduction, if you don't mind, um, sharing your name and how long you've attended Hope Church. We can start with, you can go, and then John. Go ahead. Go ahead. My name is Linda Cavilli. Um, I have been here at Hope Church since 1976 when the church um, began. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that, yes. Uh, I'm uh, Linda's other half, John, and I've uh, been to this, uh, in this house since 1981. I, where did the time go? 41 years. Oh, my gosh. I've just uh, been here just shy of two years. My name is Blake. Uh, I've been here for about eight months now. Come on, bro. Hey, I'm David, and I've been here. My family moved here in 2003. I've been on staff for about 12, 14 years or so. And I have the privilege and honor to give pastoral oversight to connect group mentors, connect group leaders, our community pastors, our children's ministry, living waters, and my, I want to thank my therapist. <laughs> My name is Sarah. What? I've been here. Oh, no. right, uh, oh, my name is Sarah. Is, I'm sorry to interrupt you. A major thing we do in outreach called Hope is Here. I want to thank all of you who serve in that ministry. My apologies for interrupting. I will never do it again. Good. <laughs> my name is Sarah. <laughs> um, been at Hope Church here for about two years. Um, when we moved here a couple years ago to the area with everybody else. Um, and have been at Hope Church since then. My name's Evan. I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad. So some of you may know all these familiar faces already. For some of us, we are new to the church, and we're still meeting the people that you see in front of us or next to us, and so that's why we wanted to do that little introduction. Um, now, now John's going to break dance for you. Him and David are preparing. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to be doing any prophetic dancing. Okay? Just... No, actually, what we really wanted to do today was simply introduce you to a few folks so if you don't have connections with anybody in the church yet you can come make connections with one of us we would love to meet you we'd love to be your friend um, we're actually going to have a conversation centered around the idea of community and now some of you may say community already have that why do we need to talk about it but for some of us this is a challenging subject and for some of us we don't even think that there's a need for community and so we just kind of wanted to address that especially because this week in weeks past and in weeks coming, you're going to hear us talking about, hey, we're inviting you to serve, get on a team, join a connect group, consider Living Waters, partner with us and serve with us doing outreach with Hope is Here. And the reason that we emphasize that so heavily is because we see such great value, not in just the work that happens through those ministries and through those opportunities, but because of the community that takes place within those opportunities. And so you've heard in the videos, you'll continue to hear it over the coming weeks. Um, apparently, I'm going to have to rap about it if these lights keep going. <laughs> um, but so we, we just wanted to have a conversation. And, and truly, we're not trying to sell you into a connect group or sell you into 
any of the ministries that we at Hope Church are offering you, we really just want to encourage you about the importance and the value of community from a biblical perspective. Definitely. Thank you. Hey, with that, let's thank our production team who comes and volunteers every week with our lighting, with our sound, with our media, who are back there up in a hot room looking at screens and getting hopefully my face in focus. So I want to thank that. Thank you to our production team. Hey, you know, Jesus was crazy about community. And I love the fact that we see throughout the New Testament that he invites individuals to, as followers of Christ, come follow me. Jesus was not isolated. He invited individuals to come follow him. And so that's, I love about that is that Jesus invited the disciples, divided men and women to follow him. So they ate together. They traveled together. They had community together. They reached out to one another. So that is the heartbeat of the Lord Jesus. And I just want to be real clear and hopefully hear my heart is that in in this latest fashion of, of what we've walked through as a pandemic to be isolated these last number of years, staying in our homes, couldn't go to work, etc. how it has isolated us. And the number one tactic of the enemy is isolation, where you are, you are the only one with the problem. Nobody else has your problem. Nobody else really wants to hear what's going on but where community encourages, challenges you to step into that. Because Jesus has a clear message, and that is community is where you grow and be be found. For me and my walk as a pastor these last 30 years or so is where I walked through a crisis in my life where I had to take down my mask, had to take down what was really happening in my life and my addiction and be real with six men who walk with me and journey with me in community. And if I wasn't in that place, I wouldn't be on the stage today. If I didn't have Lance Danick and John, John, uh, John Kivili and different men in my life to say, I believe in you, we're gonna deal with iron sharpens iron, we're gonna deal with this issue in your life, but it's gonna be through community, it's gonna be through vulnerability, transparency, and by the grace of God, transformation at the foot of the cross. That's really good. And so I know some of you, you walked in and as soon as we set up the chairs and you saw the people, you're like, man, I didn't come to church to listen to a podcast today. I actually came to get some teaching. And so I want to, I want to tell you that our hope is to impart some takeaway truths that you can take home. And also maybe sometimes we come to church and the lessons that we learn aren't necessarily for us, but they're for us to keep and depart or impart to others. And so, um, take notes anyway, and maybe you'll learn something that you can encourage some else with today. And so with that, I want to give us kind of a roadmap of where we're going. As David already mentioned, community isn't just a Hope Church idea or my idea. Community is God's idea. In fact, like the whole reason for the cross was relationship. It was restoration of our relationship to God the Father through the cross. And um, I think we get to live that out every single day within community. And so point number one, if you would like to take notes, If I were to encourage you why you need community, I think point number one would be so that we can become like Jesus. That's the whole point of this Christian walk is we're dead to our old way of living and we're new to this life in Christ and it doesn't stop there. It's I don't want to live the same way I was living. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to have a renewed heart, a renewed mind, a new spirit. I want to learn how to talk like him, walk like him, influence like he did. 
needed. And so being in a community gives us those opportunities because with others, we have available to us accountability, as David already said, iron sharpening iron. We have opportunities for discipleship and counsel and navigating life decisions is better when you have somebody who's been through it already. Um, so I just want to hear from some of my friends up here how community has influenced you in becoming more like Jesus. Do you want to start, Blake? Yeah, I can do that. Um, yeah, you know, the, the biggest way is just, um, you know, watching how other people act and um, living that out. Um, you know, seeing how Evan and John and David and everybody here, um, how they navigate their day-to-day lives through Christ and um, you know, being able to emulate that and uh, take it outside of the church and touch others in that way. Um, and that's how it affected me. And um, yeah, it's a great thing. So. Well, yeah, just a real example is that I, I saw this young man the last couple of months. I said, hey, God's on this guy. He's, he's passionate. He's hungry. And I, I invited him out to have breakfast with me. He goes, only time, I'm a plumber. Only time I can do it is six in the morning. I said, the love of God, six in the morning. Okay, so we're going to have a breakfast burrito at six in the morning. We hung out. And I said, come to prayer at 8.15. At he came to prayer. And I said, I introduced him to our production people. He plugged in, got plugged in, in community, came to a Bible study with us. So it's not a formula. It's a relationship to engage. Again, come follow me. And I think greater depth of relationship comes through invitation. You know, Jesus invites us to come to the cross. David invited, you know, Blake to come in and, and to, to have some time and um, to identify, you know, okay, I'm older, um, but, um, I, and so I have maybe some things to impart, but Jess in her walk also has things to impart. Blake has things to impart. There's always that invitation to relationship you know, through the generations, and don't discount yourself because uh, I'm not qualified, and so. Just a, a brief, little brief history, go back in time. When I came to the Valley in 1981, I was a month away from my 25th birthday, and uh, found, uh, found New Covenant Fellowship at that time through some friendships uh, that I had garnered in college that were here, folks were working here in the valley. Anyway, um, what I found when I came, what I was looking for when I came to Kalispell was a place to root, a place to land. I had been moving and being out in the field with the job that I had for a year and a half or so, and I felt like I was in a dry place. And I, I really wanted to be in a community of, of like-minded people. Uh, I was a believer already, a follower of Christ, and I wanted to be, I wanted to get rooted in a church and be a part of a church and walk with people of, of like-heartedness and like-mindedness. And I found that, and uh, I was hungry for it. And I ended up uh, uh, being a part of a home group at the time that had married couples in it with uh, family, and I was the only single person in that group. And it, it, what I found through time is that the church, uh, being involved with the, with the young adults and in the home group system that we had back in that day, was such a safe, growing place where people could know me 
and I could know them, and I could be known. And that's with my shortcomings, my personality, every, everything. And it was, a very, it was an excellent start at that stage of my life. I think you touched on a really good point. It's a safe place to be known, but that also kind of freaks people out. Like for some of us, we have some really deep-rooted issues that may be challenging to expose or, or to invite other people into. And it's like, maybe we do want community, but when I've shared this thing about my life before I was left or it wasn't a safe place for me to share, do any of you have encouragement of how you would encourage that person who says, I've opened up, but it was too much for people or they didn't, they didn't honor me and they judged me and I'm afraid to do it again? I can speak to that again. Um, this is kind of serious. Um, uh, there was a brother in Christ. Uh, how do I begin with this? I had an issue in my life uh, when our boys were growing up. Uh, they didn't listen to me. Um, I became angry. And uh, I did something that was wrong to my youngest son uh, out of anger. And uh, I shared with a brother, his name was Clyde Hogue. Because he was a safe, we had established friendship through time. We had a safe place to, to tell him what uh, I was feeling so much guilt and remorse in doing. And he listened to me and he heard me and uh, he shared that uh, with uh, leadership of the church, with Pastor Don and with uh, uh, Tim Strasner at the time and uh, a few other brothers. And they came to me and they said, John, um, you know, what you did is, is wrong. And I, I agreed with them. And, but they, did, they, did they chastise me? Did they put their thumb on say, you know, you are a creep. You're a bum. No, they did not. Similar to what David's experience was, these men walked beside me. I met with Don for months going through uh, some material about anger and they prayed with me. And um, that, to, that speaks right to your point, Jess. Uh, I was not condemned. Uh, I stepped away from things I was involved with for a season. And um, the Lord, in his grace and his mercy, healed me from that. So... Thank you that, for that was all in community. Wow, I'm really, really thankful for you sharing that because I think it shows not just the power of vulnerability and friendship, but even just what it looks like to be a part of a biblically framed church. That doesn't happen so often where you had the vulnerability, but there's also the accountability and the follow through of community who loved you and cared about you beyond just the moment and into the future and the man that you are today. So thank you for sharing that. And I just want to encourage people too. maybe you've had things that have happened, like I said, where you've opened up and it's been a painful experience or, you know, relationships are messy. People are messy. We're called sheep and sheep stink and it can it can get crazy and messy out there and that can sometimes discourage us from trying again and getting involved again and there might even be people sitting in this room and I was one of them that you had an experience at church that wounded you and it was 
everything to just get up and walk through the doors again. Um, but something that I learned is in relationships where you're wounded, it usually takes another relationship, the right healthy person or church to help you heal through that relationship. And so if you've been involved in a community or had a deep relationship that you were wounded by and the next step just seems too risky, I just wanna encourage you to take the next step because there's healing that is available if you're willing to step through the door. You know, if I was in an abusive relationship in college, I met Joe and my husband has redeemed everything and shown me what it means to be loved truly. But if I hadn't taken the opportunity to open up and allow somebody to love me, I wouldn't have experienced that. And with the church, stepping into this church, the you guys, you, people have helped heal a place that if I never stepped foot into a church again, I wouldn't have experienced that. And so it's the same with community, and I want to encourage you, if there is that excuse or that fear, give it another shot, because you never know where love is going to find you on the other side. So good, so good. I remember I was going to college in San Diego and went to a connect group, walked in to the home, and they had been meeting for a number of years, and I walked in, and nobody even said hi to me. And so I thought, oh, but I remember back when a dear pastor friend of mine, Ray Ortland, said, you can enter a room two ways. You can enter a room, here I am, or you can enter a room, there you are. And it flashed back, and I said, okay, I can be a big boy, there you are, and went up and started introducing myself, connections. So I want to encourage you. It takes courage it, for us to step out of our comfort zone, but I just want to have that, have that mentality and say, Lord, you came as a servant, so when I show up, there you are, not here I am. I love that. And I think that's part of discipleship too within a, within a group is you're in a group where you are gleaning from others, you're being mentored by others, you're getting to ask questions and, and learn more. Um, but then there's the opportunity to be the mentor to others as well. Um, I would like to hear from Evan and Sarah, what are some challenges that you guys have faced within finding community and how did you overcome them? Well, I know uh, for us, our, uh, our kids are pretty close in age. Um, our daughter is 18 months older than our twins. Um, so kind of had triplets for a while almost. Um, and so for us, it was so, so hard to get out of the house, <clears throat> especially in the winter or something. It was just pretty much impossible. Um, and, you know, working and sleepless nights and all that. So one of the ways that we... Um, really connected with people was to invite people over to our house. So, um, like, you don't necessarily have to lead a discussion or anything, but you can have them come over, and some person that you invite over, they can they can lead it. And um, and that's how we found community with, uh, you know, people coming, kind of coming to us, because we were really, we couldn't really leave <laughs> very much during that time. And I would say, too, we've always maintained a really relaxed atmosphere with our church community, with our groups and, and whatnot, just keeping things really low-key because we do have kids and to, to have, have that community life, to not have a group that's super structured and, like, times are flexible. If you show up or don't, it's okay. And I think having that relaxed atmosphere has really helped us be able to just be in a community yeah the the stage we're in like we're um young family groups with with other young families just like ours and and it, we all get together and we just kind of like 
look at each other. It's like, <laughs> the struggle's real. You know, and we don't, we don't have to necessarily dive into three hours of prayer. And it's just not possible for us at the, at the stage of life we're in. But we find a really, really bonding, I feel, um, connection just with other parents who are like, just going through the same thing we are right now. And that, that may be it. Sometimes the discussion is simple as, how was your week? Yeah. Or, yeah. I survived another week. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can share your frustrations and victories yeah. and stuff too. Um, you know, and it's just like, oh, I'm not the only one who gets mad at my kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really, really healing um, and life-giving at that time. Yeah, being a parent is very vulnerable. With your, your kids are embarrassing. They're, you're really... <laughs> so it's... When you're together with other parents, it's very open and honest, I feel like, because you can't hide anything because the kids don't lie, so it's, it, you get bonded. <laughs> uh, Blake, what does community look like for you right now? You're newer, been here eight months, so what does it look like for you, and what is important about community for you? Um, the importance of community, um, I see, is just how, who you put yourself around and how they act. Um, that's huge. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to put anybody in my life who's not necessarily walking to be better and to be closer to Christ. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, it's, it's about environments, where you put yourself and what you put your time and energy into. And, um, you know, basically what that looks like to me is my family, uh, the production team, and, you know, Evan's small group to really hone in and uh, be specific, that's where I kind of put most of my energy and my time and my attention. Um, and I just build off of that. And then through that, you know, I get to um, touch other people's lives outside of the church and uh, people kind of gain interest. And um, yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love what you said about like the kind of people that you have in your life. I believe it was Andy Stanley who said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so for us who were trying to live like Christ, and even if it's simple things, like you know, you don't realize sometimes the influence that just who you have a conversation with can have on you. Sometimes, you know, my husband and I have surrounded ourselves with people who are really good at budgeting so we can learn, you know, how did you invest? How did you plan? You know, how are you spending your money? Or how do you operate in your business? Or my husband's in tech, so he rubs shoulders with a lot of tech guys. And, you know, just becoming, surrounding yourself with people you want to be like is actually one of the simplest steps. And so a better way to do it in a church through messy people who are trying to be better people. So good. And I think our culture today, Western culture, is that if you're needy or if you need help, then you're, you're weak. But actually, in our weakness and our strength is when we need people, we invite people into our lives. I think that's really key. Um, as well as the fact that I, I have the privilege of uh, walking with people and they're sometimes embarrassed to say, well, I, I'm in counseling or, or I might go to that group called Living Waters. But, but no, we, we need to be real about where we're at. And then in, that, in the safe place, as Johnny was saying, then we can step into our story and allow other safe individuals to journey with us. I love that. So that's a, oh. I was just going to say uh, an aspect that came to mind when um, Evan and Sarah were talking was, you know, uh, when we were in our, our years of raising our, our sons uh, and our involvement in home group, you know, our, our, our best friendships 
uh, our, our longest friendships came out of that period of time. Uh, you know, trying to stop the tears from welling up here. Uh, you know, our, uh, our sons have other fathers, uh, the other mothers uh, that have spoken into their, their lives through the years. I think of the Petros over here. Maybe the Petros aren't here right now. They, they were here earlier. Their home group, they have all daughters. They, they have another family, two other families, which are, have mostly daughters. And I just think back of the days when we, we grew up watching the we grew up as ourselves as parents, but we grew up watching their kids grow up and being a part of their lives, uh, celebrating stuff that they went through, that they did, you know. Uh, also, the, the painful things that they walked through, you know, coming alongside. And, and so, man, that through the years, the opportunities to, to uh, the result, the fruit of walking together with people in, in, a, in a long period of time, uh, I, I can't, it's priceless. Yeah. It's priceless. Yeah. I agree. So we need community so that we can become like Jesus because that's where we find accountability and discipleship. You spend those years living together, you know, you're staring at a mirror. And I, I, I just love about community, being, being able to have friends to do life with that can catch me and say, hey, did you like what just came out of your mouth? Like, do you want to fix it? You want to try again? Or let's dive into why did that come out of your mouth? Like even just the simple things of, I'm just going to be myself. I'm loved for who I am, but also my friends and I are helping each other become better versions of who we are and to become more like Jesus. And so we need community to become like Jesus, but then also we need community so that we have opportunities to be like Jesus. And I love, David, what you introduced early on. You said, you know, you can enter into the room one of two ways. You can walk in and say, here I am, who's going to love me? Or you can walk in and say, I see you and I'm here to love you. And a small group is, is built for that because within groups, we have the opportunity to love others. We have the opportunity to serve others to practice selflessness, to give counsel, to be generous, to encourage, and to disciple ourselves. And so it's not just the receiving of relationship, but it's the giving of relationship. And so, um, oh, did you have something? Okay, perfect. Um, that's something else that we find in groups. I like to surround myself with people I'm being mentored by, people that I'm being discipled alongside, and then people that I can just develop under me, under me as well, and the small groups are a perfect place to do that. But it's about the maturing process to be, to say, you know, I just wanna be loved, but what if I'm the answer to somebody else wanting to be loved? And me just simply showing up and saying, I'm gonna do that, is gonna change somebody else's life and in turn give me a relationship that I could have for life. Yeah. So, and I think David's really, really good at that. He was one of the first people that I met. Like, I walked into the church and he said, hey. <laughs> and, he's, and he's just really shown me like the practice of every time I step in here, I'm not just here to do you know, the worship thing. I'm here to build community. I'm here to make connections when it's inconvenient, when they're straight weirdos or whatever. Like everybody, everybody needs me. I have something that you need and you want something that I have and vice versa. Like that's what the church is 
is, is you can learn so much from each other. Um, you're a business owner, Evan. So how does, how does this play out through your business? This idea of discipleship and community and being even a leader and mentor to the guys on your team. Yeah, um, a couple of guys who, who work with me are, uh, are here today at church. So um, I'm really blessed to, to be able to work with other great, good Christian men. Um, but yeah, one of the things as a business owner I'm trying to do is uh, um, Joe Hill one time, I don't know if Joe's here today, but he told me that uh, the Holy Spirit needs to be involved in every part of your business um, and he needs to be your business partner. Um, so I try to walk that out every day. I try to ask God to, I say, Lord, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do today? And, and, and I try to give that to my guys. Um, who who I work with, and um, so yeah, it's we have our own little uh, community group almost where like Austin Goodwin and I um, we talk about we pray together almost every morning before work. Um, we talk about stuff all the time, and that's not normally something you get with like coworkers, um, but just trying to make sure that. Um, the community and like the the group setting is at work with my guys too um, is just really important to me and I'm trying to trying my best to, to run my business that way um, yeah so that's how I do it uh, Monday through Friday I guess um, I'd also like to learn a little bit more from you Kavili's because you guys have been plugged into the church you're the longest that I know from the beginning and you've seen the ebbs and flows of the church growing and people leaving and the people coming and we're celebrating new life. We're celebrating babies, we're celebrating marriages, we're, you know, but then there's also the mourning and the grieving. Can you speak to that of what it's meant to you to be deeply rooted in this house through all of those things? Yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's just been such a tremendous foundation. And to have people that you can call on and say, hey, I'm struggling today. Or um, people that you can call and say, hey, what's going on? Um, a good friend of mine lost her husband. And I said, how did you make it through that time? And she said, because of people like you. So you just stand together with people and be faithful in the good and the bad. And um, I know that God has called me here and he's not called me out. So to know that you're, um, this is the place that you're to be, you know, is really important. And that's what I've had through all these years. We're, we're not saying that uh, people come and go, that's not, you know, it's bad. I, uh, what, what we're saying here is that uh, the fruit of us staying in one place has been uh, amazing. Uh, we're the kind of people, you know, my wife and I, we've lived in the same house for 37 years. We worked for the same, in the same jobs for, you know, like 40 You've gone to the same church for 40 plus, you know, and married, you know, for 30, whatever, 39 years. And, and so we're kind of an uncanny couple in that sense. But I, I will say this, that uh, through the time, I, I've been thinking about, uh, thinking about this question. And I, the love of God, God's love has kept us in one place. 
<laughs> you know, receiving love from the brothers and sisters in Christ who are, are here at, the, at present and, and in the past were there at the time. Uh, us being rooted in his love and, and loving on other people and being a part of their lives. It's, it's been so rich, uh, even through all the changes, you know, from Pastor Hal to Pastor Don to Pastor Craig now to Pastor Lance and, and uh, leadership teams and different people who have come and gone. The, the heart of the matter to me is the love of Jesus, you know. So I, I don't know that I say thank you, Father, for the opportunity. I always thought I see these older folks in older folks. The love of Jesus. I, years when I was younger, much younger, I see older folks in the congregation like the Presbyterian Church where I came to know Christ in. And the, these uh, older uh, Japanese, lovely brothers and sisters, and they were there for a long time. And I thought, man, what? How did they do that? And and then here I am. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. You wonder how it's done, and then you become one. Yeah. But I think it's honorable, especially like I don't know. In like I said, my husband works in tech, and even in the tech world, they don't typically stay at a job longer than a year before they're moving on and upgrading, moving on and upgrading. But when you find, and even he has found in his community at his work, that, that culture that keeps him there, like he has no reason ever to leave, even if it was higher pay. But just because the world is trending one way, it doesn't mean that is the way. Just because the world is trending in isolation doesn't mean that we should follow through and ourselves retreat. If we want to be like Jesus, we're going to be countercultural and we're going to push through and actually advance, especially to those who we see in isolation. Knock on their door. Check in. Because you might save somebody's life that way. And so I... Um, I promised you some takeaways, so we're just going to recap, and then we're going to get ready to close with something really special. We need community so that we can become like Jesus, so we have the chance to live and be like Jesus, but then finally, so that we can experience the love of Jesus. And like I said earlier, if you've had a troubling relationship, it's the risk of entering a new relationship that gives you the gift of a redeemed experience of love and we find that with God's people and I love that like I said earlier the gospel the Jesus on the cross the whole reason we're here today is restoration to the father but then God tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and to love others and Jesus in his final prayer was Lord let them, let them, let us be one as you and I are one. And that only happens when we're living amongst each other and living together. And we're learning to love each other. It's like the love that you and John have experienced being here for so long. He's taught you to love us. He's taught you to love the church. Not the organization, though that can be something we enjoy too, but the people of God and we only get that in community. I wanna invite one other, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna invite another um, gentleman that you all need to know as well. Let me just mention this end point that we talked about. And um, I, I just wanna encourage you on this story out of Mark, oh, yes. the second chapter, yeah. And I just wanna <laughs> encourage you, the book of Mark, the second chapter, verses one through five, 
And it's, it, it illustrates to us, it pins, Mark pins the story of a paralyzed man that four men carried him on a mat to a house where Jesus was ministering and preaching. You know from that text, from that story, that the house was just surrounded. The, the inside of the home was totally full. The outside of a crowd was circling the home. There was no way for them to get this paralyzed man on a stretcher into this house. But here's, here's the point I want to make, is that those four men were crazy enough to say, and creative enough to say, we can't get through the front door, but we're going to go literally on the roof, and we're going to tear a hole in that bad boy, and then we're going to lower our friend down to the foot of the Lord. And I want to ask you, who are the four crazy people in your life that will take you on a stretcher, who will carry you, who will walk with you to the house where the Lord is? I want to encourage you with that this morning. I've got seven crazy people, including my wife, which is awesome. And four, three of these, four of these guys are in this room right now. But, but you think, it, now, I, I want to leave you with this point. Invite some crazy, radical men in your life or women in your life that when you need a stretcher, when, you, when you're paralyzed, they're going to pick you up and they're going to take you to the foot of the cross. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. That's what God has happened. That's his heart for community. Come. As he said to the disciples, come, will you follow me? I'm glad I let you speak. That was Thank you. <laughs> Woo! I feel the spirit now. 